Hi there, it's Megan Mitchell from Agents of Change. Thanks for checking out my podcast. If you enjoy the content, please check out my ASWB test prep courses for the bachelor's, master's, and clinical exams. Each Agents of Change course includes more than 30 key topics that closely match the ASWB KSA content areas. Our content is great for both auditory and visual learners and includes video walkthroughs, supplemental materials, hundreds of practice questions, and twice monthly live study groups with me. You can learn more and get 10 free practice questions at agentsofchangeprep.com. Welcome. This is Megan Mitchell, the founder of Agents of Change Social Work Test Prep. And today I'm here to bring you an updated Social Work Shorts ASWB practice questions number three. So follow along to see our different four question selections in this series. If you're looking for more information, you can check us out at agentsofchangeprep.com. So let's go ahead and jump in. So why should you do practice questions? A lot of people say, I've never taken an exam that you need to know more than just memorization skills, or I need to know more than just recall. Practice questions are going to be a way to help you with the application and reasoning and just really helping you get practice, becoming more comfortable with practice questions. So I think here are some of my tips. Completing practice questions is just as important, and I would probably argue even more important than studying content. You really have to do them together. It's really a partnership between content and practice questions. That's going to bring it all together for you. When you're doing these practice questions, read each question two times through. Why is that? When we're in the testing environment, it is stressful right? It's not our home. It's a very sterile, very um, security-driven situation, right? And you're going to be sitting in a room on a computer. So you're going to feel a lot different than you would, and you might feel more uncomfortable than you would, say, in your home or in your office. So you might be rushing. You might be anxious. So reading each question two times through really allows you to ground yourself and find any information or pick up on any clues that you might have missed in the first read through. So I definitely, if you're someone that rushes like me, you definitely wanna read each question two times through to make sure that you're picking up on all of those clues, words, anything that the question gives you. And what, like I said, this gives you a chance to pick up on the details you might've missed at the first glance. Ask yourself, what is this question asking? before you start even looking at the answer choices. If you're not able to tell yourself mentally what the question's asking, you need to go back and read it again. And there's sometimes you might be like, what? I'm not really sure what that that's saying or what it's asking me to do. Go back, utilize the five W's. That's another video that you definitely wanna check out and try to figure out what the question's asking. Lastly, read all answer choices before selecting an answer. This is gonna also slow you down. You don't wanna say it's B, click onto the next one, especially with some of these answer choices, one or two words could make all of the difference. So you don't wanna mentally jump to a certain answer and get that one wrong because you didn't carefully do a nice review of all the answer choices. Remember, if you are taking the exam in 2023 and beyond, you will have mostly four answer choices. So A, B, C, and D but there will be a few three answer choices thrown in there. So you might get some that have A, B, and C. They are, have just started rolling that out in 2023. So be sure that you are familiar with that and it's not going to throw you by surprise.
So let's go ahead and jump into our first practice question. How I will do this, I will read it, I will pause, and then I will break it down. So if you are doing this in real time, you might want to pause the video, work at a pace that's going to be appropriate for you and your learning style. So let's jump in. Number one, a social worker is doing a home visit for a family with three kids. The family has just lost their grandma, who was the sole provider, and have moved in with their father. The father is court-mandated to attend anger management. Upon arrival, the worker sees alcohol cans on the ground. During the visit, the dad becomes verbally aggressive and kicks one of the children in the stomach multiple times. The social worker's first response should be to A, call the police, B, make a CPS report, C, intervene to de-escalate the father, D, video the event for documentation purposes. So go ahead and take a few moments to read question one through. Okay, what's important here? We are in the home. So that is where we are with this family. Also, it's a family with children. So you need to think minors. What are my obligations when I'm working with a family with children? Some precipitating information. Grandma has passed away. Now they're with their father. That's a big change. And father has to attend anger management. When you get there, there's alcohol cans on the ground. That that alone does not say anything. However, the dad becomes verbally aggressive and begins kicking one of the children in the stomach multiple times. What should be our first response? So your mind should immediately be to safety, 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 safety of that kid. And this requires immediate safety because it is very unsafe at the current time. So what would I eliminate? So Absolutely, we do not want to put ourselves at risk. So C is going to be eliminated. We do not want to intervene to de-escalate the father. That could make things worse. We could get injured, then we are no help. So we definitely want to rule out C. Never intervene um, because that could cause more harm. What else would we not do? Video the event for documentation purposes. So that is out. That could really upset the father. That could put you in harm. It could put the kids in harm's way. We don't want to do that either. So C is out and D is out because that could actually cause a safety risk even further. So now we have to decide what do we do first? Do we call the police or do we make a CPS report? This is an immediate safety concern Making a CPS report is going to need to be warranted after we do a call the police. And why do we need to call the police? This is an unsafe situation that we need some backup for. And we don't, we don't want to make the situation worse by trying to intervene ourselves. So this would be an appropriate situation. Remember, I, you don't want to immediately jump to calling the police unless it's an immediate safety concern and you need assistance. This would be appropriate. Knowing that they will be able to support. And then you will want to make a CPS report after that as well. So that is question number one, safety, safety, safety. Practice question number two. A 35-year-old client makes frequent statements of contemplating harm to himself. Which of the following would be the most important safety indicator to consider when conducting a safety assessment? A, the client's network of support, 
B, the client's access to emergency psychiatric services. C, expression of a preferred method or plan. D, family history of suicidal ideation. Go ahead and read that one. This is a risk assessment, a safety assessment question. Okay, so we know that the client's making statements of contemplating harm, but we need more information. So what do we need to collect? What's going to be the most important factor here when we are conducting safety assessment? There's going to, all of these are important. I do want to say that um, all of these are important. However, there's one piece of information that's the most important to determine what the next steps will be. So let's just go through A, B, C, and D and discuss these. The client's network of support. Definitely important when you're making a safety plan. We definitely want to have support network involved as we're putting a plan in place to keep them safe. But that's not the most important indicator when we're doing the assessment. So A is out. The client's access to emergency psychiatric services, important for a safety plan, right? We want to make sure that they have resources. We're definitely going to want them to leave our office, our session with numbers to resources that could be helpful. Expression of a preferred method or plan. If you are doing a crisis intervention, a, a risk assessment, you must get information on if they have a preferred method or plan. That is crucial because we need to determine they have these, um, these ideas of harming themselves, but do they have a plan? If they have a plan or a method, that escalates the risk much, much, much more. So C is absolutely crucial. We need to know if they have a preferred method or plan because those that do have a preferred method or plan are more likely to carry out the harm to self. D, family history of suicidal ideation. That could also be an important factor, but in this moment, we, it's not the most important factor to consider. So here, the correct answer is C, expression of a preferred method or plan. We have to ask that to be able to determine next steps. Because if the client does have a preferred method or plan, that's going to change how we approach this situation. We might be saying that they need to go to the hospital immediately. Um, we, we have to come up with a lot of different strategies to help keep that client safe. But we need to know this before we do anything. Our last practice question for today, practice question number three. A pregnant 16-year-old has been referred to the school social worker. The client is shocked by the news. She is scared and overwhelmed, yet she is determined to keep the baby. Clinically, the social worker finds herself having a difficult time supporting and connecting to the client through her pregnancy journey. How should the social worker respond to this situation? A, seek out supervision to discuss and process these feelings. B, discuss referring the client to a new provider. C, refer the client to an outside community health agency. D, discuss with the client the pros and cons of continuing with the pregnancy. Go ahead and read this one. Okay, what do you need to know here? Minor, 16 year old, right? Pregnant, and you are in a school. So you are the person that the, the 
client has is coming to because it's a school setting. However, this kind of goes into more of an ethics question here. The social worker is having a difficult time supporting and connecting the, to the client. So what do we do? This happens. We don't equally connect to every client and we we sometimes have feelings that come up because we are human beings, right? We have our own past, we have our own values. So this social worker is struggling here. How should the social worker respond? Let's go ahead and rule out what we would not do. We don't want to refer the client out yet, right? We're so C is out, refer the client to an outside community health agency. The client might need to be referred, but that doesn't help with this question of what is the social worker supposed to do with these feelings of not being able to connect and support. So C is out. Discuss referring the client to a new provider. We're not there yet, right? There are cases where referral would be appropriate, but we're not there yet. We haven't discussed it. We haven't unpacked it a little bit more. So B are out, C are out. We are left with A, seek out supervision, or D, discuss with the client the pros and cons. Here. It's not asking what we should do with the client. It's saying we are having a difficult time. We don't know what to do. Discussing the pros and cons of continuing with the pregnancy, the, the client has said that they are determined to keep the baby. So D would not be appropriate because that's not meeting the client where they're at, right? Um, so D is out. The best answer here is going to be A. Seek out supervision to discuss and process these feelings. That's what's so wonderful about the social work profession is we do have supervision. So what supervision should be used for? It's to reflect on our experiences and discuss any challenging cases we might have, any feelings that are coming up, or if we just feel stuck and we need um, someone else to help us talk this through. This would be a great example of seeking out supervision to just discuss. Maybe there are some personal things coming up for this client that are stopping them from supporting and connecting. Maybe there's a values difference here. So it will be very important that you utilize supervision and process these feelings so you can meet the client where they're at and best support if possible. I will say a lot of people think if you have feelings that are preventing you from working with a client, that's normal, right? We are all human beings. We all have feelings that come up. So what's important though is what we do and how we work forward or work through and process these feelings. So definitely seek out supervision if possible. So how did you do? Um, I hope that you found these questions helpful and you got to see a little bit of the breakdown process. If you are looking for more content, Agents of Change has tons of study materials. We have free, paid, blog, podcast, anything. Also make sure that you are subscribing to our channel so you can get notifications whenever we put out new content. If you have any questions, you can always reach out at agentsofchangeprep at gmail.com and we would be happy to answer them for you. And lastly, I want, you to, I want to thank you for taking the time to answer questions with me today. And remember this test is hard, but you are strong. You got this and I commend you on taking the step in your studying journey. Thank you.